Hello, welcome to another episode of Talking With You. In this episode, I want to talk about the risks and benefits of stocks. Essentially, what I want to do in this episode is do a cost-benefit analysis on why you should invest and invest early and invest as much as possible. But obviously, you know, like not everyone has the money or resources or like even wants to just, you know, invest as early as, you know, in their 20s or even when they start out 18. But I think it's still really good information to know because you just know that that's an option out there, you know, to be able to invest when you're young. Because investing when you're young is always the best time. So this is definitely something that could be really useful. Okay, so let's just start out with saying the risks for stocks. You know, the reasons why stocks aren't necessarily the safest bet. So stocks are risky because at the end of the day, it is a business. And, you know, a business can go out of business any business can go out of business because you know that's the nature of business not every single business will succeed but in life you're gonna have to take a risk because you know that is essentially what the stock market is if this business that you invest in through your stocks if it succeeds then you reap the benefits but you know obviously if it fails then you are left holding the bag and you're just left with nothing but obviously so on the last episode i talked about um, so in the last episode, I talked about um, index funds, mutual funds, and um, ETFs. And those are just resources and securities that you can use to be able to help diversify so you won't be left with a bunch of risks. Instead of just owning specific stocks, you'll be owning a plethora of stocks, hundreds, thousands of stocks. So unless the entire market goes down, then you'll be fine. And if, and. But there is one one very different thing than owning a business for stocks. So for a business, if you're a sole proprietor, you are held liable to the business's losses. So you can lose everything for um, a business. But if you own a stock, the most you could lose is, for example, if you put $100 into a stock, company A, and it goes bankrupt. Well, you would only lose $100, nothing more than your initial investment. But that's basically, to me, like that's all the risk there is that you have. Obviously, there is a risk that you're going to lose all your money. But to me, that risk is very low because, I mean, we know. So obviously, back in uh, February and March, the stock market fell by a lot. And, you know, everyone um, panicked, but it only realistically only fell around 40%. So it never really did go down to zero. Even with the worst conditions, the stock market will never really turn to zero, only only rare times. So if you were to put your money in ETFs and um, index funds, then the chances of that happening really shouldn't happen. That that The chances of that happening really, really wouldn't happen. But obviously, like I know like after some of y'all, after hearing that, like, oh, like I can lose all my money. Why would I even take the chance of investing? Why don't I just put it in a savings account? But why don't I put it in this perspective for y'all? So if you put your money in a savings account, which earns, let's say, 1%, which is very rare, especially right now. Right now, your interest rates can even turn negative in some banks. But let's just say you earn 1%. Inflation is 2% every single year. But you obviously, you can make the argument like, oh, this year, there won't be inflation because coronavirus, stuff like that. But most years, inflation is 2%. You have to understand that 
you're losing money by basically essentially lending the the bank your money because i mean when you put your money in a savings account the bank limits you to like six um withdrawals every single month there's a reason for that because they they are lending your money out to other people the bank is charging interest on your money to other people to use your money and they're going to give you one percent of that when inflation is screwing you over for two percent every single year and if you keep it in cash which is even worse Obviously, there's um, death, stuff like that. And, you know, you can't prove that it's your money, stuff like that. Obviously, there are reasons why you would keep money in literal cash. But I would say it's in a very rare instance, you know, like I wouldn't say you would want to keep a lot of money in cash. And also investing in bonds, a U.S. Treasury bond would get you, what, 3%, 4%, 5%. I, I don't see how that is something that would really help generational wealth because you know when you're investing i would assume most people if they were to listen are listening to this podcast specifically i'm assuming you're not already really rich you're not having a tremendous amount of money and it wouldn't matter for you to like grow your money to be able to you know try to live wealthy in the future you know you're not necessarily the richest person but you want to be able to learn how to grow your money so the only way to do that, in my opinion, obviously, there's a ton of other ways, but I'm saying stock market only. There's obviously no, a lot of different ways. You can own houses, you can own other assets other than stocks. But for me specifically, I think stocks are the easiest way to get into this because literally all you need is a broker, which I already mentioned before is Fidelity, M1, Robinhood, um, Vanguard, any of those companies, they can offer you um, a brokerage account and you can get started right away. Versus a house, you need to get a loan from the bank, you need to have all the cash in hand, you need to do all that. So I think this is the easiest way for any young individual to get started with making a little bit of money. So I would say the market, usually the S&P 500, if you were to invest all your money in just the S&P 500 index fund, you would earn around seven to 10% every single year. That is all aggregated through this entire life of the stock market. That's what you earn, 7%. There's ups, there's downs, up 14%, down 7%, you're still gonna be up 7%, you know? that that um, That's just essentially how it works. So at the end of the day, you're still gonna be up. And just, I think that's really important to realize. I think something that like young people don't really understand is that like even people my age, you know, like I didn't really understand this concept until like a year or two ago where uh, compounding interest is extremely important. Compounding interest is essentially your money making more money every single time you're you're so your money, your $100 earns 7%, which is $7. Your $7 turns into $107, but $107 times um, 0 0.07 every single time. So it grows every single time. Every single year, it grows 7%, 7%, and it's reinvested into itself. So eventually, it'll grow into a very large sum if you leave it untouched. But that's essentially how um, compounding interest works because the money just keeps growing on its own and you don't touch it. But, you know, obviously, to help it along, you can put more and more money in every single month. And one thing that um, people understand is when you're 20 years old most people won't retire until they're 65 let's say so you have 40 years of in compounding interest that you can take advantage of when you're 50 60 you don't have that many years left you have five maybe 10 so that's why i would say when you're 20 when you're 30 
you can take the most amount of risks. You can take the high risk, high reward because you have a lot more time to make that money back. And then you can make a lot of money at this point because at this point for me, I take the very high risk, high reward plays where I'm willing to take the 25% gain and then maybe um, not, or maybe even just not take a gain at all because I, I feel like to me that's worth it at this point in my life. Also, lastly, the last benefit I would say that is to me the most important out of all of them is that money is the great equalizer in this country, at least in this country. Money can't buy happiness, but money can make sure make it easier to get happiness in life. I'm not saying money is everything, but it can definitely buy you the freedom to allow you to do what you want to do in life. Because I would say most people don't get to do what they want in life. And if they had the money and the resources, they would definitely do what they want to do. So I think stocks is definitely one of those things that if you can understand them, if you can understand how to invest, if you understand how to retire, if you understand all these concepts, if you really truly do care, then this is definitely something you should um, focus on. Because I know a lot of people that they feel the pressure to have to keep the job that they don't want, keep a job, keep, keep a life that they don't want to have because they're scared that they won't have the money, they won't have the resources. You know, they can definitely do a job that they won't pay them as much, but they're not going to have the money to be able to live. But what if this could supplement that? What if this could be you know, all your resources, this can all be all your money. So you can do it as a hobby. You can do whatever you want as whatever you want. And I think this is something that can definitely help. And that is the conclusion of what I think the risks versus reward of stocks. And this is part two. And um, hopefully y'all stay tuned to part three and part four. I'll see y'all next time. Thank y'all so much for listening.